Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. And we do dysfunction well, Nick. We do. I'm an expert. Absolutely. So without further ado, we're going to let our lovely guests introduce themselves. We're going to go in alphabetical order because grunts know how to read people, uh, ignore the stereotypes, and we're going to start with Miss Erin Lewis. Well, I am, uh, like you said, Erin Lewis. Um, I'm a uh, former adult entertainer uh, or exotic dancer, and I've written three nonfiction books about all that and uh, several horror books with um, Hellbound Publishing. Okay. Well, anybody that's worked customer service can probably write a good horror novel. So, <laughs> right? Have you ever like taken your worst customers? Because I'm sure this isn't your only customer service job, and like killed them in fiction just so you feel better. Like I remember you, Mister Not Tipper, or whoever you know. I worked as a barista, so we got some of those. Um, I mean. Yeah, I'm actually afraid to like confirm or deny any of that. So, in a hypothetical universe, maybe some of the people you had a, with new names and new identities. I, I, um, I danced for over 20 years and uh, I've had plenty of inspiration, both uh, customers yeah. and coworkers. So, uh, and, and while I do know people how to read the alphabet, we're going to let ladies go first. So uh, is it X-Tina or just Tina? Oh, it's X-Tina. Yes, yes. Kind of okay. like X-Miss or something. But uh, yeah, X-Tina. Um, introduce myself, X-Tina Marie. Um, I'm a dark poet princess. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't I, That's all I have, James. What else, what else, what else do I do? <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay. Uh, speaking of James, we got Mr. James H. Longmore. Um, so, uh, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers? Absolutely. Yeah. Again, first of all, apologies for the accent. Um, I don't come with subtitles, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll speak slowly. I have to learn to speak slowly when I move here, so um, people could understand me. Uh, yeah, James H. Longmore. I'm a horror author and co-owner of, co-owner of um, Hellbound Books Publishing with Xtina. Uh, we are business partners in the venture, which has been going, uh, what is it, eight years now? Coming up to eight years. Yeah. Um, and we are publishers of horror, noir, and all things dark. We are publishers of Erin's uh, three books now, I believe. Uh, one she co-wrote with, I cannot pronounce his name, Armand Rosa Miller. Armin, uh, Armin Rosemilia, I think. I was close. Yeah. I was closer than I normally get with names. Um, and two, one that literally was uh, published last week called Colleen, which is an absolute stonker of a book. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's me, I guess. Just a little old me. Outstanding. And uh, the next part of the introduction, dear listener, is how we first found them. So this one we actually found through Stabby, the queen of horror. Uh, she found you guys on Twitter and she sent me the link and I reached out and the rest as they history. Um, she likes to stab people. It's just her thing. So, of course, she she was all about your guys. Oh, sorry, I have, to, I have to say, Madam Stabby Stab, what were your parents thinking? Really? 
Goodness sake, couldn't he have called um, Sharon or something? It was it was a name that was earned, not given. Uh, Even better. <laughs> Roman mother, Sicilian father, you know, it was bound to happen. <laughs> full full respect. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't know this, but uh her her husband Nick has been killed and revived at least a dozen times in the decade I've known. <laughs> <laughs> Overtime with him. I got a nice Lazarus pit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And because right, none of you so have. Let, hold on. Before we continue, let's just put it out there for all of the YouTubes so we don't get censored. The <laughs> knives are fake. <laughs> They're props. I use the real ones off script. Joking. <laughs> I don't know. They feel pretty Nick, as, as a law enforcement officer, mm -hmm. if they were really doing it, wouldn't they also say it that way? I'm just asking mm -hmm. hypotheticals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. All right, I don't want you to die tonight, Nick. So we're going to move on before she gets oh, married. I'm on the other side of the country. I'm good. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so you're saved today by the flight. Um, <laughs> uh oh. All right, so we're going to have to say a moment of silence for Nick. He will not be with us next week. Um, with that being said, the next part of the introduction, since none of you have been here before, you've got to answer the religion question. Are all three of you ready for this? There is a wrong answer. <laughs> totally bring it on all right so the first one star wars star trek or firefly firefly oh that's an excellent answer what about you Aaron? shiny um the only of those i've seen would have been star wars <laughs> that's a good answer we'll accept it all right james okay uh, star trek can i do that? yeah i can still do it star trek <laughs> all the way absolutely there you go nanu nanu <laughs> I remember that. Mork from Ork. Absolutely, yeah. Um, all right. And because we are polytheistic, Game of Thrones, The Wheel of Time, or The Witcher? Game of Thrones. All the way. Extina has opinions. I like this. How about you, Aaron? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, pick your favorite one. I've never actually seen any of those shows. Do you have a favorite fantasy IP? Um, I, you know, um, no, not that I can, not that I can think of. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much, uh, into the horror and thriller and crime type stuff. So I, um, I, I honestly can't, I can't really pick one. Okay, stop nodding along. I, I have a question for her then. Halloween. Yeah. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Or Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, it's Nightmare on Elm Street all the way. All right. I still have a Nightmare. Oh, I was Freddy, actually going to ask that to everybody, Stabby. That was, that was already <laughs> an extra religion question because they're from a horror publishing company. So, uh, Tina, did you have a favorite horror <laughs> property? Uh, was it Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, or Halloween? Definitely Halloween. Definitely Halloween. Yeah. And I enjoy both uh, the originals and the Rob Zombie remakes. So Halloween all the way. All right. What about you, James? I'm going to say Hellraiser. I know it wasn't on the list. But, <laughs> it was original. Um, I almost put it in there as one of Yeah, it should have been on the list, to be honest with you. So, um, I'm, I'm just, I just want to lodge a complaint with the management. <laughs> yeah. um, as, as, for the, as for the previous question, uh, that obviously I, I'm with Erin. Erin, I, I, I'm really not. It's, so I'm going to go with Paw Patrol. <laughs> I'll accept that. As someone who's had young kids, I'm, we'll take that. 
I have a, a good friend who has younger children. Mine are a little bit old for that. And I, I used to watch it with my daughter. But because uh, the new movie is out, and he said it is brilliant. So, um, um, yeah, I need to borrow somebody's sort of four year old to go and see the fourth film. <laughs> if I go on my own, it looks a bit odd, you know, if I sit there by myself. With me popcorn, people. You know, I, usually I mean, they are grown men that are brony, so I imagine you could get away with it in this <laughs> age. No one will watch. Um, you got to be so careful. You go in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, while all the kids are at school, and then it's no longer weird. There you go. That's an idea. <laughs> She's a yeah. thinker, Abby. There you go. I'll, I'll maybe do that. <laughs> All right. And because we are not knuckle-dragging troglodytes, we have evolved since we left the army. Uh, coffee, tea, and how do you take it? Coffee or tea? <laughs> coffee or tea. Yes, I, I said and. I corrected myself. Thank you. You know, I, I actually like both. Uh, one, tea plain and coffee um, with cream and sugar. Okay, you say plain. Do you mean like black tea, hot and plain, uh, Earl Grey? Actually, I drink, a, I drink a lot of green tea in the afternoon. Okay. But yeah, coffee in the morning and tea in the afternoon. And I microwave it just to make sure that I'm offending. James <laughs> <over> there. <laughs> okay. Just shaking his head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, mean, I really am. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Xena? Uh, I don't drink coffee. I don't need. Uh, uh, I'd rather be sleeping in the in the morning. I don't. I don't want to drink uh, coffee. Um, and iced tea. I, I do iced tea a lot. So. Yeah. Okay. Are you from the south? You know, I identify as being from the south. Uh, <laughs> you claim you. <laughs> yes. I'm in okay. Tennessee. I'm in Tennessee. So. I've I, I talked to uh, family in Tennessee, myself, and in Georgia, and they tell me Virginia does not count as the South, but it, what do they know? Yeah, well, you know, we actually, where I, I live, I share a street with Virginia, and uh, we don't talk to them. You know, they're, they're not. Yeah, we just. Oh, you're right on the border. Okay. I know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're like, oh, the Virginians are right there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. It's cool. I mean, it's hard to compete with that much awesomeness. <laughs> it's true. But but all right. And uh, and James, I am assuming with your accent, you're going to say tea, but I'm going to give you a chance to tell us anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, tea. Uh, and uh, Yorkshire tea as well, which I can actually get. Some places around here, I can actually get Yorkshire tea, which is the best tea. Um, and I, I have it. I Yeah, I just quit taking sugar, so I just have it with, uh, with milk. And you never, ever put the milk in first because that is just... <laughs> That is, a, that is just a crime where I'm from. Hell no, I believe you get your ass kicked doing something like that around here. I actually, well, you, you'll be ostracized in Yorkshire if you put your, put your milk in first. Absolutely. There's my first milk in first. I, I mean, I could see it. People do it with coffee. No, no, they don't. How do you know, know how much to put in? It's, cra it's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy people. I was a barista to pay for college. I talked to a lot of people about their coffee habits. Just like there are heathens that put the milk in before the cereal. It happens. <laughs> I always thought that was an accident. Like you weren't really paying attention. All of a sudden there's the milk and you're like, shoot. Why, why have I got yeah. milk in a bowl? I'm going to put it in <laughs> yes. there now, you know. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Mm, I get that. Those people must live in Virginia. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, leave it to the Texan to be all weird. All right, all right. So I actually have this running debate because my first publisher was from from Britain, 
Uh, I can't remember where. I just remember it was for, where Boudicca was from because uh, we've had that conversation. But all of England is London to me. So, mm -hmm. you know, North <laughs> London, South London, <laughs> London, London. It's all London. <laughs> it isn't. It is. London is London. I mean, I'm a northerner, which is like the proper side of England. Um, <laughs> London, London, to be fair, with all due respect, London is, is there to take money off you tourists. And they're very, very good at that. Um, and I, I see a lot of people, if I've actually met people here who said, you know, um, I say I'm from England. Oh, oh that's in London, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. That was me. Was that me? <laughs> it was you. It was actually Xtina. Yes, it was you. You can say that. I am. No, it, it's not. And London is not. I always say, if you, you go to England, you've got to, because it's only small, it's only little. Um, you know, you can jump on the truck. We actually have public transport there, unlike Texas. Which I think it's one train in all of Texas, and it's broken. So, um, but you can you can go anyway. It's so small. You can be in Scotland, and there's some beautiful, beautiful places. Um, outside of London, yeah. Once you've seen, you know, the House of Parliament and Buckingham Palace, which is just a big building, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of great places. So, uh, you know, don't don't just stick to London. Have you? The money sucked out of you. Oh, so it's like Las Vegas. <laughs> it, it is. It is like Vegas, but, but with a bit more class, to be honest. I, I do enjoy watching the videos of the Palace Guard <laughs> where the so Aaron, tourists. Aaron has just given me a death stare. I'm sorry. <laughs> I enjoy watching the videos where the uh, the tourists get too cheeky with the palace guards, and then they like, you know, shove them back. <laughs> Glorious to watch. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I've dealt with you know people getting too close when I was on guard duty, and I've always wanted to have the authority to do that. So I'm kind of watching out of like jealous rage that I wasn't able to do that. But it's glorious to see. Well, they're, they're, they're not, they're not supposed to move, but if you do get too close, I mean, remember they're armed and they're not pretend guns. They will, they can shoot you. Yeah. They feel that they're threatened or that the royalty's threatened. So uh, wow. you've been warned. All right. Are you from and, um, Vegas, Aaron? No, no, California, but I, I lived in there. Uh, I lived in Vegas for just about two years. So, um, and then the first book actually that Hellbound um, publishes is really set in Vegas. So I, and I did really paint quite the seedy, um, the seedy picture of Vegas. Do you, do, you miss, do you miss it, Erin? Never. No, it was like <laughs> an armpit. It was awful. Yeah. I yeah. was born and raised in Las Vegas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My, um, actually, I don't want to go back. <laughs> my, so for context then, the, my, my, um, my club and my setting in the book, um, is, uh, it's about a stripper serial killer. And she actually, um, she really starts out by killing other strippers. Um, which is funny because I just talked to a bunch. I, when I told my friends, my ex coworkers and stuff, they were like, yeah. But, um, it's set in North Vegas. So you understand what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little sketchy out there. And once you get away, like there's the glitz and the glam and, and all that stuff. And there's some really, that's why I was giving you that look is because there's some really, really, really like nice, awesome parts of Vegas. And like I live towards Summerlin, but, um, but yeah, it was really hard because it was so, um, for me, it just felt really superficial, not, and especially not coming from there. Everything felt just fake and glitter so i went but to I'm from california where we're all fake we just don't admit it 
<laughs> I went to a writing convention in Vegas. It was at the Samstown. And all I have to say about that hotel is it's the epicenter of hopelessness and despair. Oh, you haven't been but to such a circumstance. But they have <laughs> Okay, so fun story for both of you. Uh, Samstown is absolutely, you know, very, very sad. But it's one of the very few casinos that you can still play quarter slots, like actual drop in your quarters. Um, and they have awesome bingo because you can get wrecked those freaking waitresses know how to pour a drink um <laughs> and as for circus circus i actually worked there for three years and saw my fair share of absolute craziness especially during um the uh avians which is if i don't know that's the adult video Scandalous. It gets wild. It gets wild. Oh, it yeah. gets wild. <laughs> so, I have oh, never yeah. been, but I've heard lots and lots of stories. So I didn't attend. I was actually an events coordinator. And afterwards, um, a lot of them wanted to go and ride roller coasters or go gambling. And I was there to make sure that happened. And you have to remind a lot of them after they start drinking that you're not part of the uh, community, that you work for the casino, and they cannot touch. Don't touch. <laughs> you start touching, Nikki No Nose is going to come out there and pop you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get back on track and pretend we're a family-friendly podcast, if that's even possible with two grunts oh, running this way. <laughs> but uh, so let's start. We brought you guys on because we like to highlight small publishing companies. Because I think some of the most creative fiction and some of the most interesting niches are coming out of small presses because Tor and, and some of the big companies, they can't afford to take risks because their overhead is so high. So when you've got smaller publishing companies, they can be nimble and you can see some interesting combinations you'd never think of. And sometimes it works and they land it and it's great. And sometimes it's don't, it doesn't. But, hey, it was worth the shot to try. Um, so you, uh, James and Extina, you said you guys own the company. So how did you guys come about to start this horror company, this horror publishing company? I'm, I'm going to let Christina answer this. <laughs> it, it, to be fair, it, it's all her fault, to be honest with you. you, you, you oh, this is going to make a great book one day. So you, you tell him. He likes to say that I bullied him into it. And, I, you know, I don't quite remember it exactly that way. But uh, we both had books under uh, another really small publishing house um, that turned out to be... Uh, a scam or something, you know, and um, I, it, Nicely it was, put. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's how we met. And actually um, the podcast that we do, uh, the panic room radio show um, that was uh, through that other uh, publishing house. And James was a guest on the show. That's how we met. And it was an, it was atrocious. Oh, the show was so bad. It was, just painful. I'm really but happy. Fair, no, we, we were good. We were good. <laughs> yeah, on yeah, yeah. The rest Before. of the show was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. James uh, was a guest and um, I never let him go after that. I was like, no, you have to come back and we have to, uh, you know, try to fix things. And uh, and we're still going after what, six, seven years or something with the podcast? I, the pod, um, no, again, it, the podcast started before the, the company right, started. The podcast is, yeah. is in its eighth year already. We've just done 320. <sighs> Six shows, which is far too many. To be honest, far, far too many. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was after that, after that bad experience with the uh, publishing house, that uh, we decided to uh, we were going to do everything that they didn't do. 
and uh, it's pretty much. Uh, well, personally, I, I'd I'd had um, I'd had sort of uh, bad experience with, with, with my, my first two books I had published through different publishers. One was the, the one she just mentioned. Another one was another one. I'm not going to mention. I'm not going to name names and point fingers. I'm too professional for that. But they know who they are. Um, and I had bad experiences just with just everything. And yeah, as Xtina said, you know, so well, okay, if we just do everything opposite to that, then yes. we should be all right. And we started with five books, two of which were mine, just to make up numbers. I think the other two were David Owen Hughes, bless him, he's still with us. And I, I think Carlon, Carlos Colon was the other dark, one. Dark music. Oh, and it was your book as well. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, yeah, we started off very, very small. Now we've got over 160-odd books, uh, over 100-odd um, audio books, and some terrific authors like Erin, uh, for example. Um, and we've learned a lot of lessons the hard way through the years. You know, I, I, I pride myself on the fact that we can, we can spot a good one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've kissed a lot of frogs over the years, but oh, um, I think now we we I mean when Erin's um book first came up came across my desk, it was wow, you know, this is um we've got to have this. You know, I don't think it took me too long to snap it up, did it, Erin? Uh which one? The first <laughs> one, the one you with, with uh, I'm gonna say his name again, haven't I? Armand, yeah. Armand. yeah. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I don't know. He was, he was, um, that was really my first like trek into fiction, at least like long form fiction. So he kind of, he, he's been sort of my mentor from, I mean, since I published my first book. Mm -hmm. Um, so he really handled all of that. And I can just tell you that I was like doing cartwheels in the living room. Not quite. I have a lot of back issues now. But, well, we, we um, published we published um, um before he's, he published some short stories of his uh, over the years. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of his. Um, so we, we knew him. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, one of the things we obviously we look for good writing, good story, etc. But we always look for something different. Mm -hmm. You know, something we, we we have we have vampires, we have zombies. As long as it, it's a different sort of spin, yours was just. Different, different, which was great, you know. And it, it's not often I get sucked in straight away, and I did. So well, well done. Normally, I get. But I mean, Xtina will um, will testify to my very, very short attention span. Mm. Um, the fact <laughs> that I, if I make anything past three pages, I'm, it's it's good. Well, thank you. All right, we're gonna because we got the logo here, and the art is too glorious not to share it. We'll put the uh, Hellbound Books logo. And um, we were recording this in October, and I thought we'd be able to get this out in October, but I didn't realize how much Stabby liked horror. So when she gave me all the ideas, I just kept saying yes, and I wasn't counting the number of weeks in October versus the number of yeses. I've been there. So, so it's going to be an interesting Thanksgiving, but maybe you can listen to this and think about your family right before the holidays. And um, <laughs> vicariously live your grudges uh, in the uh, Hellbound Books uh, publishing pages. Instead you would be surprised. You would be surprised how many Thanksgiving and Christmas themed horror movies there yes. are. I was just saying. Mm -hmm. oh, and, yeah. Okay. Horror novels as well or anthologies. I see them pop up around this time of year, and there's. Well, we we have we are just about to publish, oddly enough, an anthology called Happy Heli Days. Yes, which features, we've got Christmas, we've got Thanksgiving, we've got Valentine's, we've got. <laughs> 
uh, a few like June Day, we've got Earth Day, we've got a whole bunch of different the idea was to have as many different heli days as possible. So again, it, it's it's a rich vein to tap, I have to say. Because you, you get families together and there's nothing I mean hell is family. <laughs> His families are awful. They really are. Yeah. Mm. All I'm gonna say is my mom watches a lot of How to Kill Your Husband, murder <laughs> mysteries on uh, the Lifetime or whatever. And so if the stepdad goes missing, I'm just I'm telling the cops where to look first. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I feel like she's taking notes. Like something's going on. I All actually right. just ordered a new cup. It's on its way. It says, and then I just snapped. <laughs> yeah, snap. That's one of the ones she watches. <laughs> That's how you feel sometimes. I just snapped. So this is for all, all three of you. So what is it about horror that draws you in, that made you, one, decide to make your own publishing company, and then for all three of you to write in that genre? Aaron. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, well, well, I was thinking, you know, the chicken before the egg. You guys are the publishers, so I was you guys were gonna answer first. So I was I was already I was like thinking. Um I had always always been into to horror um pretty much since like I would say like the seventh grade. Um I didn't I didn't quite like really fit in. Um and uh i don't know i guess part of my like i yeah i got teased and bullied quite a bit when i was a kid and so i um i guess i sort of found a like refuge or escape in horror and it made me feel you know sort of strong it was like cathartic um i never thought that i would write it actually um and um i never thought i mean i always wanted to be a writer but um when i first started writing i was just kind of like you know who's ever going to see this and but I've always wanted to write horror I've always wanted to sort of I guess I don't know it's like bloodletting kind of um you know it's very cathartic it lets out those mm -hmm. all that dark stuff and um a lot of my stuff is is also um dark humor <laughs> because sometimes I scare myself and then if I don't like start making it a little lighter I'm gonna like freak myself out <laughs> so I guess that's the best ex explanation I can come up with Dark humor has its place. Uh, anybody that's served in the military gets gallows humor. We're experts at it. So I, I'm with you. And I, I keep having my normal friends like, oh, this is going to shock you. And I'm like, mm, no, no, you're not. Trust me. <laughs> well, I think Erin's story, is, you know, we, we speak to a lot, of, a lot of horror authors through the publishing house, through uh, our podcast as well. And it is a common theme. You know, we, we, it, it's, I, I try to explain this to the to, 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 uh, uh, a lady friend of mine. Uh, yes, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> getting there, getting there, but you know, uh, you know, still, uh, still a player. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and it was uh, the best explanation I could come up with was it, it, it's, it's, it's a way some people like Brussels sprouts and some people don't. You know, people have different. And I, 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 with Eric, you know, from a very, very young age, I've always sort of gravitated towards the dark and the macabre and the. You know, the blood and guts, and I, I grew up watching the Hammer Horror films, obviously, you know, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing movies as a kid. Um, but it's something that I, I, I mean, I, I, I do enjoy other genres and that, but I always come back to horror as a writer. That's all I ever wanted to write. As, as a, I'm also a professional ghost writer, uh, because you've got to put food on the table, you know. Um, 
and I've written pretty much every genre you can think of for other people. I mean, it's just fine. It's just great, great experience. But for me, always come back to horror. Um, and even even when I'm writing for other people, there's always that. Yeah, there's the dark humor. Yeah, there's the horror in there. There's what I actually wrote uh, a pilot episode uh, for a sitcom for a guy uh, probably about five, maybe six years ago now. And I sent him the first draft. He said, yeah, Jim, this is great. Really brilliant. Very, very funny. But could we take the torture scene out, please? <laughs> <laughs> I wish he was joking too, but he's not. It was. It was and it was a good but, but there was humor thrown in with the torture. And I thought I was really proud of that. But yeah, we had, we had to drop that, unfortunately. Some people yeah. have no taste. What can I say? <laughs> I, I grew up with uh, the Goosebumps uh, yes. and the stories books from Scholastic. Yes. Uh, and I would watch uh, the Hitchcock um, black and white. Like uh, They're really horrific suspense, I guess, is how I would classify it. I don't know how they classified it, but they used to come on at Nick at Night back in the day. And then uh, I think it was called the Crypt Keeper. Nick, you remember that one we watched? We talked about it with the skeleton. Oh, yeah. the Ghost from the Crypt. Yeah. From the crypt. There we go. With the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> yes. I, I guess I could say the same. Um, I've always loved horror. Um, when I was younger and I was picking out books at the bookstore, I would, you know, anything to scare. But I, I love to be scared. Um, I'm a big chicken. So I'm not like your normal uh, horror fan. I mean, everything will scare me, um, but I still love it. And uh, I think it might be a little uh, adrenaline junkie kind of like deal. Um, I, I heard a, a review of a, uh, some horror movie that just came out and they're like, they rely too hard on jump scares. And I'm like, you know what? Any, any way you can get me to jump, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm on board with that. I, you know, I mean, just, you know, scare me, terrify me. So, um, yeah, and I think as well with horror, um, you can have everything in your horror novels. You can have a little bit of romance. You can have, uh, you know, sci-fi, anything you can have. And I don't think that all the other genres do that. So, yeah, that would be my answer. <laughs> okay. So, um, James, did you watch the any of those uh, older show, the shows that I mentioned, the Hitchcock, the Goosebumps? Yeah, or... I used to watch. Yeah, whatever they call you, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Um, which was again, I used to like the, those bite-sized. Uh, sorry, my phone's pinging. Um, that sort of the bite size, and then like I say, Tales from the Crypt. Obviously, the Twilight Zone. Um, Creep show actually is, 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 is actually on Shudder again. There's a season four just started. I started watching that, which is brilliant. Um, you know, uh, there was The Outer Limits, all those little uh, anthology sort of shows. Loved all of those. Um, and used to devour you know, the kids' horror books uh, all the way through. To, and then uh, halfway through middle school, um, uh, I remember one of the older boys, uh, Daryl Nancy's name, was brought in a copy of uh, James Herbert's The Rats. James Herbert, iconic British um, author, uh, lauded as, as the, the father of Splatterpunk, funnily enough. And I, I, he was sat reading, he passed it round, he was reading bits out and passed it. And that absolutely changed my life because it, it was my jump from kids' horror, you know, which was kind of ghosts and creeping that, to this visceral, brutal, blood and guts, rats eating people um, horror, which was just absolutely, I thought, this is what. This is what I want to write. And it took me probably 40 years to get to a point where I actually finally wrote my The Rats, which is my uh, peed, which is about, yeah. uh, it's, it's not rats, obviously, because that's been done. 
which is about giant centipedes, you know, the big sort of foot long Vietnamese yellow leg centipedes. Um, because I always wanted to 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 do my homage to, to James Herbert. Um, and there it was. It said it took me about 40 years, but um, yeah. Okay, we're gonna pause for a moment while we shamelessly show for the man, and, and I get to be the man this time. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> Never heard that before. 35 awesome stories started by one kick-ass meme. It started as a joke. Storm Area 51, they said. They can't stop all of us, they said. But all laughter has stopped when the U.S. Air Force mobilized and pulled out the big guns. However, relentless mockery and derision by the media and the powers that be pushed the dweebs and alien enthusiasts too far. What else were they supposed to do? They said why not, and showed up, determined to find out what secrets were hidden behind the walls of the clandestine government facility. Are you brave enough to buy this anthology today? If you are, find out what the government wants to keep hidden. Read Storming Area 51, a Bayonet Books anthology. All right, thank you for sticking with us through that commercial interlude. You should check out the book. The uh, paperback copy, if you order it, I just warn you, it is a deadly weapon. Uh, you can kill somebody if you throw it at them. It is that big. Uh, with that nice. big I made a note to myself. The um, Because they we've been doing the October as the Spooktober horror month, I actually watched a horror movie on my own. I watched Cabin in the Woods today. That's one of it's a good uh, one. It was nice to see a new uh, envisioning of Cthulhu in uh, in Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting, and you know, I, I'm kind of with him. Let the world burn. I get it. Oh yeah, definitely. So, do you guys watch a lot of horror to inspire yourself when you're writing and and you know keeping your company going? So. For either one, either <laughs> don't, don't all speak at once, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to, um, my, again, my default is horror, you know, but not for inspiration. It's just that I, yeah. I, I, don't, I, people don't get it. You know, I can go to bed and watch some, I, I the other night, because obviously after the sadly, uh, William Peter Blatty died, so I thought, right, good opportunity to watch The Exorcist. Um, I've watched The Exorcist and it slept like a baby, you know, and I, just, I can watch that sort of stuff and I find it relaxing. Um, I'm working my way through the strain at the moment. Uh, I tried I tried to get into it when it first came out and didn't, but plowing on, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I again, it's a default. Then again, I also like, you know, Family Guy and... Bob's Burgers and all the cartoony stuff, and I like a good thriller. I like a good. I watched, funny enough, I watched a documentary on. I think it was on. It might be on either Netflix or Hulu about the the food industry. Um, mm. I just had a big change in diet. I cut out you know sugar and salt, and I know because I had a bit of a health scare. Now I'm terrified of lettuce. <laughs> There's no. I've No, no, no. I kid you not. People were dying with lettuce. Again, there's a horror, a horror story in there somewhere. For <laughs> because it turns out on the farms, especially romaine lettuce, which is the best lettuce, nutritionally speaking, um, mm -hmm. on the farms, they have the, the cow sheds next to the lettuce fields. And they are watering the lettuce with the water that is, has the runoff from the cow shed. They're, they're watering lettuce with cow shit. Am I allowed to say shit on this show? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so the water, the lettuce with cow shit, you can, you can, you can check it out in post. All right. 
<laughs> and so people are dying and, and they're dying of E. coli. Uh, and it's yeah. like, what? Is it lettuce? I mean, how innocuous <laughs> can you get? There's people would die. So they said, you don't don't buy a little tit, little life hat, bro. I'm listening. You know, don't buy the the pre chopped lettuce. Uh-oh. Buy the whole lettuce and wash it yourself. And you and I, I'm fastidious. All these years, I've never bothered, but now I I, I wash it under the tap and make sure it's clean. And I just had a salad for dinner. Now I'm worried. Yeah, you will probably be dead tomorrow. You will die of, of lettuce poisoning. So I, you, I, you're looking at everything wrong. <laughs> well, I just want you to know that, uh, Xtina, you are still expected to turn your manuscript in on time, even if you're dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she's, she's got some formatting that needs doing before you die. So uh, I'm, I'm on it. Um, I'm on it. The other one is uh, chicken. Something like 72% of chicken, uh, not fresh chicken, you know, but is, is infected with salmonella. Yeah. And I, I had some. I had it from, from chicken many, many years ago, which is awful. I just thought it was like, oh, it's diarrhea, you know, what's a bit of, you know, and it was a great weight loss program. I lost so much weight. Brilliant. Um, but it, 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 it can get into all your other, or it, it shuts your kidneys down and your liver. And it, again, people were dying because they, they had a bit of undercooked chicken down at KFC or whatever. And it's just like, I'm now frightened of everything. <laughs> I look at food now, I've got my grocery shopping, and I'm just, just terrified, you know, it's, it's all going to kill us, you know. So we, Nick, should we tell him about our um our boil advisory a couple months ago? Oh yeah, sure. The fun. water in our town had E. coli in it. Mm-hmm. And for oh, my goodness. three days we had to drink either bottled water or mm-hmm. boil the hell out of it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um life is a terminal disease, everything will kill you, and yeah. you just gotta accept yeah. it and move yeah, but- not lettuce. I mean, I don't want, I don't want it on my headstone. You know, it was the lettuce what done it. I just I would rather go out any other way than by lettuce. I just, first of all, I don't want people to know that I eat a lot of salad. You know, but just, I can't think of a more human. Well, I can probably think of a few more humiliating ways to die than lettuce. Not many. Not Attack many. The killer yeah, I'm feeling like some cheesy, you know, throwback. We had Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, so why not? Yeah, it could be a companion film to that. You know, yeah, yeah, a double yeah. feature, a drive-in double feature, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, followed by Attack of the Killer Lettuce, and then may, maybe Cucumber, maybe get Cucumber in there as well. They're, they're, they're Don't forget the donuts. No, you leave my donuts alone. You see, <laughs> yes. te- technically, and I don't want to piss on your chips here, technically donuts are not salad. <laughs> what? What? I know, I know. That's not what I read. I know, spoiler so, alert. Spoiler we alert. have a restaurant here called Cracker Barrel that has like a country store type oh, deal. I love restaurant. Cracker Barrel. Yeah. They have this um, Kit Kat bar that's like four pounds and it's like <laughs> yes. baking sheet size. And I'm just imagining somebody buying that and like, honest doctor, I only have one Kit Kat a day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the very first time I went to a Cracker Barrel and I, I sat and I, I ordered a beer and I nearly got thrown out. <laughs> Because they, they, they don't they don't do beer. No, certainly the one I went to. Didn't well, do they do beer. now. Oh, do they? they do yeah, oh, they I, do I might be tempted back then. <sighs> I was I was gonna say I do mimosas there. Yeah, they do oh. mimosas. I don't know if they have right. Oh, maybe it, this was over in, in Maryland, so maybe yeah. it's been there. Oh, yeah, it's a new yeah, thing. It was a few years ago. But... 
So, so getting back to the horror and, and uh, Hellbound Books publishing. So first off, how did you come up with the name? Is, is that is that me again? Um, it's, yeah, it's well, one of the owners. I don't remember. It, it, first of all, it just it, it came to me, you know, for inspiration. In okay, but um, it, it, first, it's a homage to Clive, the great Clive Barker, because obviously Hellbound yes. Heart was the original title for Hellraiser. Um, Hellbound, you know, book binding. Okay. Um, and my mum always used to say, I, because I, my love of horror and that I was bound for hell. So um, <laughs> it's like a, a triple threat. <laughs> Okay. Most companies are either so-and-so books or so-and-so publishing, but you went with both. So I'll take it. Overachiever. Well, it, it, it's everything in the title. You know, it tells you exactly what you need to know. It tells you what we do. And um, again, I'm, I'm a Yorkshireman, so we're blunt and to the point, and that's what you see is what you get. So Now, when Scabby says she's blunt and to the point, she's talking about her knives, but, you know. <laughs> so how do you guys determine what you want in horror uh, and you know from a, the reader perspective like are you looking for certain things Are you looking for someone to just do something new and different do you do you prefer the tried and true tropes and cliches i'm gonna let Steiner answer that one. Oh, i definitely think we are uh, now looking for something new something fresh something that hasn't been done to death but um again if there's a great vampire novel that we just pick up and it's just amazing um great you know but um everything's been done to death so if you can make us go huh that's 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 pretty cool well you know, you know having said that still i mean in the mainstream yeah you know look at movies i mean yeah they're the same old it's out the same old crap but and a lot of the mainstream books, it's, you know, um, I mean, just look at The Walking Dead, for example. They're just absolutely milking that, pardon the pun, to death. Yes. However, we're planning a zombie anthology next year, but we will be looking for a different. Um, funny enough, I actually, I actually wrote a zombie story years ago. I think, I think well, actually, I read it many, many years ago. Um, it's called Zombie Hooker, a love story. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's actually after, it's in the aftermath of the, the zombie apocalypse about a, a lonely guy who'd fallen in love with a hooker and, and, and she was a zombie now. And, <laughs> and it, it's, it's heartwarming. It is, I mean, <laughs> so, it is so, Nick, so just that you different were, sort of t twist, you know? Nick, you are a resident barracks lawyer when you were in the Shamshield Mafia. So if she's dead, does it still count as cheating? <laughs> Okay. Um, considering the other person has a girlfriend or significant other of some kind. I'm, I'm watching Stabby while you talk, too, so you better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's still good. Exactly, you know, yeah. No, it's, that, that breaks. The clause is broken. The contract ends <laughs> with your life. Just because you came back, I mean, I'll still love you as long as you're fresh. But, uh... <laughs> well, you know. Re f relatively, I mean, fresh is you know in the eye of the beholder, really. But I just, yeah, you know, I just I throw, throw, just throw this open to to Erin, if I may. I mean, obviously, as a writer, um, you know, you, obviously, you have your ideas. Do you have do you have ideas? You think, well, that's a great idea, but it's been done. Or how, how do you decide what you're going to write? Um. So I started with nonfiction and which is just such a different animal than fiction because you just you kind of already like know what's happening. So when I started to write fiction, um, a lot of it was just sort of based on ideas 
as they happened. Um, I've always liked, and some of my nonfiction articles and, and other um, stuff has kind of, you know, bordered on like ethics and morality and like human uh, humanity. Um, like a lot of the, especially the, um, the sociological aspect of my job and my profession, really a lot of that kind of stuff just played into my nonfiction writing, not just as the books, but articles. Um, and so I guess I sort of like mixed that with the horror and there, there's definitely an element of, um, you know, like I mentioned, there's a catharsis where you have certain characters that may have certain traits of people that might have upset you at some point in time and oh, yeah. it's fun to, you know, maybe think about their, you know, fictional demise. Um, so, I, yeah, I, you know, I've been so influenced by, um, you know, just the books and other authors and stuff that I've read that it, there's no way that that kind of stuff, like just the regular tropes don't really, you know, they're, they're going to seep into my writing. I've been influenced by that, like Clive Barker and uh, Stephen King and, you know, all, all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, um, you know, I, I, I've always, uh, I've always kind of liked the idea of like the anti-hero and, um, you know, the creepy, the scary and, and the macabre. So what, what, what do you like writing most? What sort of trope, what sort of characters? Uh, you know, the, the serial killer had been my favorite, mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, the bratty defiant one that ended up in, um, in heaven. Um, and then most recently the one that, that, um, that just came out. Um, I really had a lot of fun with the dynamics of the relationship between my, my succubus and, um, you know, her best friend, um, slash girlfriend. So that I, I had a lot of fun with that relationship dynamic. Um, there was some of that in Stripper Noir and then some of that in South of Heaven, of course, but her friend was her, was her cat. Um, but yeah, I do. I enjoy writing uh, the back and forth with those kinds of um, relationships and the dynamics that happen. Uh, the serial killer obviously didn't, didn't, didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> so. Okay. so this is for, for um, all of you, because as a writer, you obviously get to pick your narrator too. Since you mentioned that you have your publishing company does audiobooks as well. What do you think makes a good narrator for a horror novel? I'm going to ask Steve. She's head, she's head of audiobooks, so she can actually listen. I, I know nothing about such things. I, you know, when we first uh, started into the audiobooks, um, uh, I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, I would have done a few things differently. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, they have the audition, and I, I listen to it, and I go, oh, my God, this is just, a, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a certain voice for horror, because I have had uh, the narrators go overboard, and they're like, you know, it sounds like a... I don't know, like a Vincent Price type of thing, and not all books you, you can't you can't do that. I mean, you, we want you know somebody to be able to do the uh, uh, conversations good, and, and so I don't know. There's a, it's all different with with each different book, and I just try really hard to find the, the perfect voice for whatever book I'm I'm looking for. So, what, yeah. what about you, Aaron? Since you've got your own books, which could potentially become audiobooks, what do you think makes a good audiobook narrator? Um, 
my um i think all, all of my books actually have been um have been made into um audiobooks i know with the the first time i was just so excited to have somebody like actually like that my <laughs> that i'd even written a book and that it was going to be out there and now it's going to be an audiobook so i i think mm -hmm. like Xena said um there was definitely a pretty large learning curve there um where i was just so excited that it was happening i was like oh my god anybody is fine yeah. um but my first book was my memoir so it was very literally like my own voice and um that was really surreal and um like she said like looking back on it now there are definitely things i would have done differently um but i look for somebody that that can really reflect what um you know what they're reading i tend to be a tad snarky maybe sarcastic yes um and so that's kind of what i'm always looking for um personally with with my with my books fiction or non-fiction i'm not sure i can i can never help that and that is something that we do at hellbound um, we give our authors uh, a lot of say in uh who narrates their book and uh, they're the ones who listen back for any kind of, you know, uh, adjustments that are needed or whatever. So, uh, and that, that's one thing that I, I think that, uh, well, the company that we had been with prior didn't do audiobooks, but I'm sure uh, that's something that we've heard from a lot of different authors is that they had no say in any of it. They didn't even, you know, get to hear auditions or anything. And, you know, that's what we do. We send out the auditions to the authors and we talk about it and say, yeah, that's who we want. And I, I just, uh, listen, as I, 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 again, I'm not going to name names and point fingers, but I know there are some um, publishers who are actually using AI to do the yeah. audio books because yeah. um, you, you can get it done free through, I think, Google Play. Um, and... It, it, it's I I've listened. I don't know if you guys ever listened to any AI produced audiobooks, and they're like the AI written stuff. It is just soulless. It's just awful. Although we we had on we had on our show, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, we had um uh she wrote ste steamy sort of thrillers, um, and she she sent us this clip to play on the film uh, on the on the show of um so AI read oh, sex scene. <laughs> and to be fair, it was the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. It was, you imagine just like like Stephen Hawking reading a sex scene. It, oh, was, wow. it was so funny. Um, it's awful. Yeah. So I, again, it's something we would, right no, we wouldn't right we wouldn't there. use AI. <laughs> yes. To create book covers, we sadly have had to put on the site now. You know, we will not accept AI generated um, novels, short stories, or anything because it's just. Yeah, it just flies in the face of what we're about. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to audiobooks, one, one more about this, because, you know, with, with my head injury, I do a lot of my reading through audiobooks because, you know, when I want to stare at a screen to write, I don't have the brain power to stare at a screen to read. So audiobooks mm -hmm. let me do both. Um, do you have a preference when it comes to, like, the dramatic reading versus just a straight read? versus the kind where it's like almost an audio production where they've got background music and sound effects? Yeah, not really the uh, background music and side effects, but um, definitely not just straight reading at all. I want them to, in uh, and, and most of our narrators, uh, I consider voice actors. Um, one of the first ones that I was 
so excited about. And this was back uh, in the very beginning, James, when I was looking for Blood in the Woods. Um, mm -hmm. The narrator, there was a little bit that uh, was kids uh, doing a little sing song and the narrator, you know, sang it. I was like so impressed yes. with that. I was so happy. So yeah. they definitely have to uh, be a voice actor. Okay. All right. That's, that's cool. Um, so, you know, I know you guys got a, a firm, you know, bedtime cause we, we do record at, at nine Eastern, which means for some people that's a lot later, you know, if you're in the land of London or in other places than America on the East coast. So you're writing obviously horror individually in addition to what you're publishing. So Aaron, what are you writing right now uh, in the field of horror? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, you know, I took, um, I, I do not have a current um, horror work in progress. I have um, some stuff that I have written uh, that I've submitted and I'm just sort of currently um, looking for inspiration and um, kind of trying to come up with my next thing. Um, I put out, well, Hellbound actually put out two of my novels this year, which was frankly, not, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to come that fast, so I thought I would have more time, but yeah, I'm kind of kicking around ideas right now, um, thinking of maybe possibly doing a sequel um, to one of my other books, but um, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't really have anything in the works right at the moment, at least horror-wise. Uh, I'm an ongoing contributor to some other stuff, so that's always kind of on my plate. If you want an idea, I have one for you. I can't write yeah. for the life of me because I'm dyslexic and it'll just be a hot mess. <laughs> but the only, I, I love slashers and the only slasher that I've found that's in outer space is Jason X. And I was very disappointed in that. So um, nice. slashers in outer space. Oh, oh. <laughs> Lettuce in outer space. <laughs> in outer space. Thank you. Lettuce monster in outer space. I love it. I think we, I love uh, it. we, I we think should all co-write that. <laughs> I have actually written um, a space horror. That's, you know, kind of Aliens vibe. It is definitely um, a lot of work trying to balance the suspense. And that wasn't really, like... For me, it was just the Space Marine story. It wasn't necessarily leaning into the horror. Uh, I was surprised when my narrator said, this is horror. I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. We've just got dead people. Um, but you get a lot of dead people when you write mill sci-fi. So, um, yeah, I definitely enjoy, like, you know, that's kind of what appealed to people about colonial Marines, right? Like, you're watching them fight these scary alien creatures, and you don't really know what it is at first. And, oh, by the way, they're woefully underprepared for what they're facing. And I, I think the, the mind... Um, messing with your mind on those kind of stories is part of the fun. So I would definitely be down for some space horror. Mm -hmm. So, what about you, Tina? X Tina, what are you? Uh, what are you working on in the field of horror? Um, you know, I, I think for both James and I, it's so hard to actually have time to work on anything of our own. Um, so I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I write poetry. And uh, while it's no longer strictly horror or dark poetry, it's kind of uh, everything I write. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm into the, the next book. And, and even though James you know, tells me all the time, no more poetry. Um, I do have a book that'll be out um, hopefully by the end of November. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yes, called out from the passenger window. And um, it's everything. There's a lot of dark elements there as well as um, you know, everything else. So, All right. What about you, James? Yeah, I'm, I, I've i been saying this for a couple of years now. I, I'm actually, I've been that close to finishing uh, my, my my next novel, um, which has been on the go since 2016. Um, but life happened and obviously Hellbound happened. Um, the ghostwriting career took off and obviously the priority has been putting, putting food on the table and raising the kids and all that stuff. But um, it needs another couple of go-throughs and a good edit and it'll be good to go. Um, I don't want really to give too much away, but it's about a group of um, uh, senior people from a memory care uh, facility um, who are trying to solve mysterious and brutal killings in, in the memory care home because being memory impaired, they, 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 they get close and then they forget. So they have to... <laughs> I have um, to and it's based on a short story that I, yes. I wrote again many years ago, and I just fell in love with the characters. Actually, Xtina said you've really got to do something with these people. Yes, that's what um, I was going to do. And I could see, I could see in, in in the movie it would be Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, and Bruce Willis. I mean, I, I just see that now. <laughs> or maybe Jack Nicholson. Who knows? But um, oh, okay, I'm there. I hope, I hope to get that. For, won't be this year. Hopefully, early next year. That'll be that'll be done. And that has and to knocking over people to get a seat at that movie yeah the, the short story was so so great i mean every every morning these uh, people gather in the cafeteria and what what who are you it's just oh my god it was hilarious so um yeah i definitely it, it was more than just a short story the characters were definitely more so i i, I can't wait uh so me neither <laughs> i know hopefully so, soon <laughs> so it's basically 50 first dates with 50 times the blood yeah <laughs> yeah okay I'm, I'm digging it i'm digging it the, the copy writes itself all right so this is specifically for james and Xtina, since you guys are also publishers what book are you guys most excited for that's going to be coming out soon other than your own? Obviously, <laughs> other people too. Uh, I have to think of what's coming out before the end of the year. <laughs> who's, who's, um, who's writing what these days? Well, you know, when, I, when, I, is, when is Holidays coming out? When's that one uh, due out? Because that, I, I, that hopefully, awesome. but hopefully by the end of the month, actually. Yeah, hopefully yeah. Okay. So that, that's my answer. It's got a really awesome cover, too. I'm, I'm excited for um, Playground of the Dead by Stone Wallace. Again, it's a Hellbound Books book. It should be out. Oh, yeah. Sure. Instead of any day now, we're used to going through the, 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 the motions with, um, uh, with Amazon. Uh, and also uh, Roadkill Volume 8, Texas. Eight. Texas uh, Horror by Texas Writers. I, I'm in that as well. So um, we're excited by that as well. But as for other authors, since I, I, I don't know what, who's writing what. I, I know the, the latest Richard Chismar. I'm looking forward to reading that. The um, Becoming the Bogeyman. Because um, Chasing the Bogeyman was brilliant. Um, I got a signed copy, which was great. But um, So, yeah, maybe that one by something that's not Hellbound and not, not me. So. Well, it could be Hellbound. I was expecting you to pimp your own company, but yeah, you know. yeah. See, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just being fair here, you know. We support the horror community. You know, we, we don't subscribe to the whole, um, you know, everybody's competition thing. But um, it's very magnanimous of you. That's my big <laughs> word for the day. 
Thank you. I like it. I like it. I'll have to write that down so I can remember it. You know, <laughs> yeah. memory issues. You know, you get blown up a few times and your memory goes to shit. Mm. I can imagine. But, yeah. But other than that, I had a blast in Iraq. Um, so we've talked about what you guys are doing. We're going to link to your um, Hellbound Books publishing uh, in the show notes with all the things. And you guys are everywhere. You are like uh, digital strumpets. If there's a platform that'll take you, you are out there yeah, selling your wares. And I appreciate that. Uh, too many people throw their stuff up on Amazon and be like, I'm done. Like, no, there's a whole wide world out there. Yeah. Well, I have to say, we, we just ventured into um, Godless, which is a relatively new, that's my dog, sorry, a uh, relatively new platform. And um, yeah, our titles are doing well on Godless now. So thanks to Drew and his crew who allowed us on there. Uh, and I guess an exciting new, um, new thing for us. Okay. So uh, as we wrap it up, since you guys told us what you're working on, um, what is your favorite horror IP that is literary? So, I mean, it can be a movie too, but it's got to be a book. Hmm. Oh, for me, and uh, I do love horror comedy stuff. Um, I loved Grady Hendrix, uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism. I absolutely love that. And he did send me a signed copy, so I was even happier to get that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Horror and comedy together? Oh, I love it. I, I absolutely <laughs> I did not know that was his thing. I told you about sorry about the demon. I told you about cooties and and I told you about extraordinary. Those are all horror comedies. I it's like the what is the um that movie um oh gosh, I don't know. Tucker and Dale versus Evil or oh, whatever. That, that, that was a fun film. Yeah, it's yeah. like horror comedy. Yeah. That was just so so, so the clan Garber is trying to get me to watch more horror. So we'll see. I might have to up my game, but I recognize the names. I didn't realize they were comedies because I haven't seen them yet. Yeah, well, JR, uh, there's a relation between comedy and horror. Both of them require timing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know I've written one space comedy and trying to make everything a double and triple entendre to make the the jokes. I just like that's just too much work. Let me just kill things. I just you'll, kill you'll the space dream. We're also big comedy fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I wrote I wrote the uh, um, Vacuum Sucks Hard, Adventures of the USS Big Stick. So Space Marines against uh, Space Amish. Well, funnily enough, we we just we just uh, this earlier this year published uh, of of mice and wolfmen. Yeah. A, a book like of short stories by a British comedian called Joe Pasquale. It's Look, he's, he's 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 a he's a national treasure. I mean, I, I, you know followed him through the years you know he's just a very very funny guy um and he brought that to us which has brought, got a very very warm because obviously there's the dark very lots and lots of dark humor but great great uh and i'm actually co-writing a vampire novel with him next year although we actually started the planning now so um and again we're, we're putting a different spin on the vampire trope but yeah lots and lots of lashings of dark humor so what about you, Aaron? Uh, your favorite horror literary IP? Um, see, it's always hard to pick a favorite when I've had like, you know, I, I try to read at least a couple of books a month. And, and so it's always like, it's always like the last thing I read. Um, but I would say like some of my, like my all time favorites, um, Clive Barker, Mr. Be Gone uh, is one of my, one of my favorites. Um, and 
you know, I got to say when people ask me this question or like what my favorite book was or whatever, it, it always comes back to Christine. Mm -hmm. I just watched that. I, you know, but the, it's, it's the book and I hate that I identified with the bad guys so much, but I was <laughs> like, man, I, <laughs> I had a classic car was my first car. And I was like, it was like my baby, my love. So it was like, it was one of those books that was just like really timed great and has just always stuck with you me. You know that they're redoing that, by the way? The, I, I, I wish they would. Yeah. I, really I, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I yeah, I don't. Leave, leave it alone. I, this, it's a great, great movie as, mm -hmm. as it is. I have my paperback copy of Christine, which has the covers missing and uh, it's. Uh, I, I don't. It's been defiled in a hundred different ways, and <laughs> it's falling apart. And it's like, it's yeah, it's just like my Those old are the best ones. Mm -hmm. Those mm -hmm. are the best. I, ones. You know what? Yeah, I don't even want a new copy. This one is like it's it's all mine. It was a crash. All right, loved. and uh, as we, we prepare to wrap this up, James, favorite horror IP that's literary. Um, so what does IP mean again? I, I Intellectual know. property. So franchise, like. Oh, I have learned something this evening. Oh. So uh, yeah, everybody pretended they knew, but they. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know either. Yeah, so. I, 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 yeah. I, I asked <laughs> a question. Yeah. You see. <laughs> oh, I totally um, knew. Yeah. Because <laughs> for, for me, IP is like an IP address, which is your internet protocol address. So that, that's you know that what I was. Um, I think from obviously I, I would go back to to my own favorite i guess james herbert his early his early works uh the rats um uh domain the lair uh, the fog the dark a lot of he sort of went into more spiritual and ghosty stuff in his later years which lost me a little bit clive barker obviously with erin there i remember i read books of blood back in the late 80s and they just blew me away absolutely and i've been a big clive barker fan ever since yeah king um yeah, I, I guess you know it makes me a bit of a cliche, but uh, but uh, James H. Longmore is a pretty good horror writer as well. I love his stuff. He is. He yeah, is. I, I recommend everybody just buy everything that he's ever written. So um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's me. All right, and as we wrap this up, I'm going to give everybody a chance to say where they can be found on social media. As usual, all the links will be in the show notes, so they're just going to give you the places they're most active, and then I will link to all the places. You click the links, follow them along, stalk them as you – I mean, you know, give them all of your support and love from a distance. Um, so that being said, James, how can they find you on the wild, wild interwebs? Uh, JamesLongmore.com and HellboundBooks.com, pretty much. Uh, Outstanding. We're definitely going to have to have you back for some more horror-themed topics because I don't think Stabby's going to let it go till next October before we have another horror-themed discussion panel. It's kind of the no, price of events. Because I thought of another one that we need to add to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Killer clowns. Yes. See, with you think with clowns language. and people get afraid. I think clowns and I think Bozo and the pie and the Otis Spockmeyer cookies and the nope. Schwinn bicycle. Not to mention nope. my last company command. Yes, <laughs> that too. No, because you were asking them what their favorite horror IPs were. And it's all I could think was mm -hmm. Stephen King's It. Yeah. Okay. Pennywise, come mm -hmm. on. How can you not love that? And then you have you have the excellent book. And then you turn around and make Tim Tim Curry the freaking the, the clown. Like he's already a weirdo. <laughs> okay. 
And then I was like, wait a minute, there's a lot of killer clones because you have like killer clones from outer space, mm. and like there's just so much to talk about. Well, even uh, Amer American Horror Story, I forget we, the, the one they did about the circus, that the, the clown in that Mr. Freak uh, Mr. Show. Mr. Yeah. He was terrifying. He, but he was, he was great. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, the clowns is a good one. So what we'll do is, since the idea came here, we will invite the panelists and fill it with authors from uh, Hellbound Books Publishing, LLC. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and we'll let him fill out the, the guests with his people, and we can talk about stabby clowns and space and stuff. All right, Xena, how can they find you on the wild, wild interwebs? Oh, I was just trying to look up my links there too. Uh, X Tina Marie on Facebook. I've, you know, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram as well, just X Tina Marie. And I do have a website. It is not uh, as active as I wish it could be. And I think it's uh, darkpoetprincess.com or. You should know uh, this. Yeah, I should. Really? Oh, I should. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just showed up. I'm, I'm in my jammies right now. I don't know what you expect. <laughs> But uh, X Tina Marie, yeah, um, Dark Poet Princess. I and, and, and she has a page on the Hell. Yeah, that too. Yeah, as, well. <laughs> as do all our authors. So, oh, freaking standing. All right, and last but not least, we have the lovely Miss Erin Lewis. Uh, so, how can they find you on the Wild Wild Interwebs? Um, well, I have my website erinlewis.com, uh, a page on uh, Hellbound Books, uh, also, and then I'm on the Meta Trifecta. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, Aaron Lewis 666, and the platform formerly known as Twitter also. <laughs> um, I have a reluctant YouTube and TikTok channel as well, um, but every day I'm tempted to delete those. <laughs> Just understood, understood. Like, it's a cesspool out there, people. <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah I, at, at some point it gets a little overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, you Although TikTok has reeled me in a little bit with the cat video, so I, I will. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I have found two awesome authors on TikTok, and it turns out that they were pimping their books inside of a Walmart. Like they just set up a table and had their books. Like they're like, I don't know how to get my books out there. And that's how they were pimping their books. And I was like, um, share to everybody. We're going to help this guy out. And he actually wound up writing a really good book. There was one other thing that I found on TikTok. Me. Oh, my yes. husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, wow. I, I kind of found um, Nick. <laughs> Oh, freaking standing. And you can find us uh, not on TikTok, but we are on Linktree, L I N K T R dot E E, Linktree slash Blasters and Blaze Podcast. Again, Linktree slash Blasters and Blaze Podcast, where we link to all the things the bit shoot, the rumbles, the Twitter, the Blasters and Blaze Facebook group and page. We link to Madam Stabby Stab on Instagram and on the Twitters, where you can go and send her all the hate mail, but she will make you cry and we are here for it. Uh, we will laugh and judge, but feel free to send it. Um, you can email the show with serious inquiries only now at blastersandblazepodcast at gmail.com. Again, blastersandblazepodcast at gmail.com. We have a website over at anchor.fm slash blasters tech and tech blades. Again, anchor.fm slash blasters dash and dash blades, where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on. Uh, we do have it on good authority that Nick is going to try to make the website be finished this year. Uh, but we've got three months left, so maybe well, it's, the, it's the merchandise website, uh, or the website website. 
Yeah, I mean, we do have merch, and he's he's you know getting the stuff set up, and he's gonna draw the art, and you can support the show by getting cool stabby stab gear. So that's, that's cool. Right. Um, and then you too can stab people with your t-shirt and your cutting <laughs> wit. Or you can make it make sense. Or make it make sense. All right. And then if you want to support the show more directly, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it's for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-hosts duly caffeinated. They will drink until Java pours out of their eyeballs. Uh, coffee brand coffee. Speaking of that, uh, that coffee. So what are you drinking with the coffee brand coffee today? Um, so I did Nick's whiskey flavored or bourbon flavored coffee with Duncan creamer added to it, the extra, extra creamer. And I was impressed. Did you add real bourbon? No. <laughs> That's next. That's next. Okay. No, so, I, I don't touch Nick's bourbon, but there might be some vodka in my monster. <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. I, I approve. So uh, if you want to get that discount, it's a 10% discount. You can click the link in the show notes or just use the code podcast grunts. Uh, spelled just like it sounds, all one word. Because uh, we're living that 11 bang bang life. Uh, well, <laughs> anyway, um, now I'm fat and old. Um, but uh, with that being said, <laughs> Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my crazy co-host, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blast from the Blade podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. And with that, we are out. Thank you for coming by, James, Aaron. Good night. We appreciate it. Thank you. And 